Come on. You didn't really think Brian Gutekunst would take an offensive player in round one. Now, did you? But that's all right. Because Hercules is coming to Titletown. Hercules, Hercules. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Lemp's Talk and Pack. I'm your host, Chris Lempesis, coming to you once again from my basement Packer room in my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down the Green Bay Packers selection of Iowa edge rusher Lucas Van Ness in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft on Thursday night. That's right, we're off and running, baby. Night one is in the books. The draft this year being held in Kansas City. Boy, that looks like a fun scene there, doesn't it? They have a really great setup there this year. I'm, I was really impressed watching it. It looks really cool. Look, the draft, pretty soon here, it's going to be in Green Bay. That is going to happen. Probably in 2025, I think. And I tell you what, that is going to be the event of a lifetime for us Packers fans, isn't it? Oh my God. I can tell you right now, I am going to be there all three days with fucking bells on, baby. Rocking and rolling. This is going to be like Packer fan Woodstock. Oh, it's going to be such a great setup when they do it in Green Bay too. Yeah, I, I guess it would be at Lambeau Field probably, right? They could do it even in like multiple spots. They could do some stuff in the Titletown district. Some stuff in... uh uh, Lambeau, they can maybe even use the Resch Center, uh, Nitschke Field. There's a lot of different spots in and around there they could use to make it like kind of a like a multi-area event. It would be epic. Just so epic. Wherever it is in Green Bay, it's going to be epic. And I am going to be there. I already can't wait. I really hope it happens in 2025. But that's obviously well off into the future. So let's reset, refocus, Lamps. Lamps, bring it back to this year's draft where the Packers selected Van Ness with the 13th overall pick in round one. That will obviously obviously be the focus of tonight's episode, where I'll tell you what I think about the pick, how the Green Bay defense looks now, all that good stuff. And then we'll get to your questions and comments at the end. Before we get into the fun, I have to do the shameless self-promotion, which I know you love, or at the very least tolerate. Thank you for that. Twitter, Lemps, M-K-E, at It's Just Chris Now. Facebook, Old Bag of Donuts, OL bag of donuts. The email, old bag of donuts, OL bag of donuts at gmail.com. For anyone listening on the wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, leave a rating, five stars. Me like you those the most. Four stars are good too. A comment, preferably a positive one. Uh, you can find us on Spotify by searching for Packers Talk. And looking for our logo, which is the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, which sits outside Lambeau Field. Uh, And if you're subscribing there, which you should be, really you should just be subscribing on all these platforms. Because then you don't have to go searching for it. We just deliver these right to your phone. You wake up, like if you're subscribing already, you're going to wake up Friday morning. Bam, this is in your phone. I'm there and I'm not going to tell anybody what's on your phone. Right? My lips are sealed. Whatever you have on there, that's your business. But if you subscribe on Spotify to, to the Spotify page, right at the top, um, if you're looking on your phone, there's a little box with a star. You should click on that. Five stars. Again, me like you those the most. Four stars are good, too. I don't think there's a place to leave comments for Spotify. 
Not that I know of, anyways. Uh, and we're on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us there as well. And if you listen on a platform I don't mention, as always, let me know. I would love to hear it. Again, just subscribe. Just mindlessly mash down on that subscribe button. What do you have What do you have to lose? It's free. We're not charging you. And I have to give a shout-out to our wonderful sponsor, Ticket King. They're going to be releasing the NFL schedule pretty soon. Gotta, you got to figure out which game you're going to go to, which games you're going to be going to at Lambeau. In 2023, head to theticketking.com, and they will take care of you. Okay, now that we done got all that out the way, let's go, let's dive right in, let's talk about this selection. Mr. Van Ness, LVN as we will be calling him here on the show. Should we do that? I'm not going to shorten it to LVN just yet. Let's see what everybody thinks about that. If we call him Van Ness, LVN, let me know what you guys think about that. But yes, Mr. Van Ness, come on down. Uh, look, I know most of us were really hoping for an offensive player with this pick, especially when JSN was still on the board, which that really surprised me that he was still on the board. But once he was there, I definitely wanted them to take JSN. You know, The best receiver in this draft, someone who could come in and help Jordan Love on day one, that would have been my pick, right? I'm not going to lie, that would have been my pick. I'm sure a lot of you felt the same. So yeah, on first blush, taking another defensive player, this pick could seem a little underwhelming. I understand that, you know? Because they go defense in the first round almost every year. (laughs) I get why people would be frustrated by that. I do, you know? And I know some were saying, well, why didn't they just trade back and take Van Ness? Right? Like, Lemps, you even said on the preview pod that Van Ness was the guy you'd only take in round one if you traded back. That's true. I did say that. But here's the thing. Because I thought that initially too, tonight. Here's the thing. I think Green Bay had to use 13 on Van Ness because I'm almost positive, and I said this on Twitter at the time tonight too, I'm almost positive Bill Belichick was going to take him at 14 if Green Bay had passed. Because New England bailed on its pick, I mean immediately, like right away, as soon as they were on the clock. The Pats traded back with Pittsburgh. I think I think I think Bill wanted Van Ness bad. Oh yeah, I do. Which makes sense, you know, because he's a total Belichick type player. If you know anything about the type of guys Belichick likes on his defense, I mean Van Ness fits that. So yeah, I again I get why some of you might have been underwhelmed. Hell, you still might be. But the more I think about this pick, the more I do like it. First. Some of the particulars on Van Ness, who earned the nickname Hercules, as I mentioned in the opening of the show, from his teammates at Iowa. And when you watch him, you quickly see why. 6'5", 272 pounds, entered the draft early as a redshirt sophomore who in two years of action with the Hawkeyes recorded 13 sacks, 19 tackles for loss, and 70 total tackles in 26 games despite never starting for them. Didn't matter. He was still second-team All-Big Ten last year, anyways. Uh, this kid, hold on, I gotta take a drink. Whew. I got a high C orange. We got McDonald's tonight for dinner. Whew. The high C orange. What do they put in this stuff? It's like crack. It's so good. Um. Anyways, this kid, I tell you what, he is just a total Packers pick, through and through, is he not? 
I mean, there's a reason why he's been the name. He was the name most linked to Green Bay in mock drafts since really the end of the regular season. Uh, first, his size. It fits perfectly for what Green Bay looks for at the position. Remember, I talked about this on the preview pod a couple days ago. Hope you checked that out and enjoyed it. The Packers like edge guys who are between 6'4 and 6'5 and anywhere between 250 and 270 pounds. Right? 6'4, 6'5, 250 to 270. That's what they're looking for. Well, check and check. (laughs) Right? Check and check with Van Ness on that one. Uh... Does he have the Raz score they look for, Lamps? You bet your sweet ass he does. In fact, his 9.39 Raz score, relative, was it relative athletic score? I never remember what it stands for. I just think it was Raz. His 9.39 Raz score is the exact same number put up by none other than San Francisco's Nick Bosa in his draft year of 2019 when he was coming out of Ohio State. Shout out to Ryan Alexander on Twitter for that little nugget of info. That was uh, that was uh, that was cool to see. So yeah, keeping in line perfectly with Goot's history of going for first round defenders with elite Raz scores, a la Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, and Quay Walker last year for some examples. Uh, talked about Van Ness on the preview pod. Talked about how I saw him as a prospect who's, you know, still developing. Raw, you know? But also that the potential is definitely there in abundance because of his freakish size and strength and explosion and his long arms, you know? I mean, this kid has all the tools, all the tools to become a nightmare for opponents. What is going on with my laptop here? There we go. Just, you know, all the tools to become a nightmare for opponents, right? It's all there for him. The burst off the snap is there. Whether he's lined up off the edge or down on the D-line, he just explodes off the snap. That whole speed to power thing, that is readily apparent with him when you watch him. Because his bull rush, (laughs) mother of God, his bull rush, he has that ability to just overwhelm O'Lyman with it. Did you see the clip of him, the the rep with uh, him against Skaronsky? who went, what was it, 11th to Tennessee? Well, that rep when he, you know, the Iowa-Northwestern game last year, he just destroyed Skaronsky off the snap. Just demolished him. And then got to the quarterback to force basic, you know, to force an incompletion. I mean, he has that ability, you know? And then, speed to power, he can easily gear up again, from power to speed, when it's time to close on the quarterback and finish the play. I mean, he really can finish. Yeah, he's a strong finisher. Um, He's versatile as well. You know, just mentioned a minute ago, he can line up off the edge or as a D lineman. So he can affect a game from multiple spots, which could end up being huge for him. Uh, I was just constantly impressed with him when I watched him. Luckily for me, he was one of the guys I spent the most time studying for this draft, just because... I kept seeing his name over and over again in those damn mock drafts, you know? I was like, this kid's name keeps coming up, and, you know, yeah, he does fit what they look for. I better really study up on him. So that worked out well for me. Kind of gambled there, and it paid off, you could say. Uh, Now, again, he is still raw. 
You know, he's still developing in some areas. So it's not all sunshine and puppy dogs just yet. Let's just hold on. He shows flashes of other pass rush pass rush moves. Uh, I don't think he's totally unrefined there. But yeah, the bull rush is basically his bread and butter at this point. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So he's obviously going to need to build some kind of repertoire to fully maximize himself in the pros. Uh, he needs to get a little better with his hands, I'd say. Needs to, you know, he has to learn how to use them a little better, be a little more crafty with them, you could say. His hand usage is maybe a little simplistic at this point. That's probably fair to say. Um, because NFL offensive linemen, I mean, they're so smart. You know what I mean? They're so smart. You got to be crafty with your hands. Um, he'll probably need to get a little stronger. Only 17 bench press reps. Uh, get fully and officially NFL strong. You know what I mean? Uh, and really, you know, the big thing to me, he'll have to build up that stamina to be an every down guy or a damn near every down guy in the pros. Because, you know, he was mostly, I talked about this a minute ago, he was mostly a rotational piece in Iowa. Never started. Well, if the Green Bay Packers are using pick 13 on you, I mean, clearly the Packers are expecting a lot more than a rotational guy. They're expecting you to become an every down stud in time. Now, having said that, I don't think they're going to expect that right away. No, no, no. I think he'll be eased into it, you know, used as a rotational guy, at least for, say, most of next season, which is fine right now because the Packers have good depth at edge rusher. You know, it's one of the reasons why when I did my my live mock on the on the preview pod, I didn't I didn't even take an edge rusher. You know, I, I was just like, yeah, I, I know it's ne- it never hurts to have more there, but I was like, I think they've got, you know, enough to survive this season. Um, yeah, I think they've got good depth there. Uh, Gary, Rashawn Gary, I think he'll start the year on the pup. So we won't see him until, say, sometime around Halloween, I'm guessing, as he works his way back from the ACL tear. But look, they'll still have Preston Smith, Kingsley Anagbare, and Justin Hollins, right? All very capable players. So it's well set up for them to bring Van Ness along somewhat slowly. Use him as a situational guy off the edge. I do think that they'll tap into his versatility, though. I think he'll be moved around off the edge, down the D-line, you know, obvious pass rush situations, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I see no reason why he can't eventually become an every-down force. I mean, and God knows the talent is there. The raw tools are there. And really, th- that's probably the biggest reason to be excited about this pick, in my opinion. His His best football clearly is still ahead of him. He's only 21 years old. You know, and those Iowa guys, if I may for a minute. Look, as a Minnesota alum, I hate Iowa. Who hates Iowa? We hate Iowa, as we like to say. I hate them on Saturdays. But there's no doubt they have a track record of turning out, you know, good pro players. Good, really good, great pro players. Um, A former friend of mine used to say this about Iowa guys. He'd go, you know, they're just almost always a safe bet. Because there's just, as you say, there's just no bullshit with Iowa guys. They're just football players. They don't give a shit about the cars and the money and, you know, the mansions and the fame and all that. They're just, they just want to be kick-ass football players. And that's, you know, even as a Minnesota guy, I can't argue with it. That's true. So, you know, it's never, it's never a bad, you know, it's always a safe bet with an Iowa guy, I think. Um... 
that hurts me a little bit to say, but I, yeah, I got, I got to speak the truth. <laughs> I got to, I got to speak the truth. Sorry. Sorry to any fellow Gophers listening. Uh, and if the Packers look, if they can fully unlock Lucas Van Ness, they're going to have an absolutely terrifying edge duo with him and Rashawn Gary, provided Gary comes back from the knee, you know, gets back to where he was, which I expect he will. They're going to, they, they, you know, they could have an absolutely terrifying edge duo. I mean, imagine those two coming at you. My God. Uh, really, they are. I know, I, I know we seem to say this every year <laughs> when they take defensive players, but I really believe it this time. They are putting together a potentially imposing front seven. Check this out. Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, Gary, Enigbare, Quay, and now Van Ness, all 27 or younger. You got to be excited about that, you know? It's got to pay off eventually, doesn't it, for God's sakes? Who's with me? Now, whether it's Joe Perry, <laughs> Jim Leonard, or someone else altogether actually coordinating this group as we move into future years, well, that's to be determined. TBD, baby. But the talent is there. I really do believe that. And I do like this pick the more and more I think about it as the night's gone on. But enough from me. What do you guys think about the pick? Why don't we open up the Twitter bag, the email bag, the Facebook bag, all the bags. Let's see what everybody has to say. Let's go. Let's start with Twitter. Hold on. Because I sent out two different tweets. I, was, I basically I basically badgered everybody into telling me, sending me something. And I did get some responses. All right. So let's start with... Well, Mandy Marie at Mandy Lindner, she just sends me the hero to zero thing from the the, Dis- the Disney movie Hercules. But that's appreciated. Cool. Thanks for sending that. Um, Let's start with... <laughs> oh, Matilda. <laughs> oh, it's Mat- at Matilda Dehan, who if you listen to the show, you know he writes in. Uh, he's he's changed his Twitter handle to <laughs> Favre is a criminal. Not going to get into that. But Favre is a criminal at Matilda Dehan. He writes, as of writing this, it's pick 19. The Lions just took Jack Campbell and fucking Nolan Smith, JSN, Dalton Kincaid, etc. are all still on the board. This draft's weird. Two running backs in the top 12, zero wide receivers in the top 18. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there, Mattel. It was, it was, was it? And then the way the rest of the first round, it was a strange first round. No wide receivers until, what, 20? With JSN and then four right in a row? Was he the first one? He was, right? Yeah, JSN and then Quentin Johnston from TCU goes to the Chargers. Zay Flowers to Baltimore and then Jordan Addison to the Vikings. I mean, four right in a row. Yeah, and the two running backs thing in the top. It's funny how the running backs thing seems to have swung back. It was moving towards a like, don't take a running back in the first round. You can't do it. You can't do it. You know, you can take a running back in the fifth round and have, you know, and they could end up being a great, I mean, look at Aaron Jones. Don't take a running back in the first round. And now he had two go in the top 12. I, you know, the Lions picks, I'll say, I'll say this. The Lions picks were interesting to me. The running back from Alabama and then Jack Campbell from my, I, mm, mm-mm. I would not, that, that is not what I would have done with those picks. I'll say that. Now the Lions general managers done a nice job building a team there. So he probably knows more than I do. I'm just saying, if it was me, those would not have been my picks, no. 
So yeah, it's been a strange, I agree with you, it was, it was a strange first round. Although I kind of like that. It felt like a real, yeah, real change up from what it is most years. I, I, was, I really enjoyed watching it tonight. I had a good time. Um, so we got that. That's from those ones. Okay, and then I, I let's see, let's go to the follow-up one that I sent. Here we go. What the heck? All right. First one comes from Justin Cornwell at Justin A. Cornwell. Longtime friend of the show, going back to the Podbean days. Thank you for that, Justin, as always. He writes, I was initially bummed to get to, I was initially bummed not to get JSN, but the way the rest of the draft broke, I'm actually pretty excited. Van Ness is a big need and has so much potential. I'd love to see something like Washington Mayor and Hyatt with the next two picks. Um, talking about Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia, Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, and then Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee. Which, spoiler alert, uh, there's more on that. Or, uh, tease alert, I should say. More on that towards the end of the show. Um, yeah. I think I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. I, I think a lot of people probably felt that way. It was like, oh, why didn't we take, why didn't we take JSN? But the more people learn about Van Ness, I, the more excited I think everybody's going to be. Yeah, this is a, his ceiling is sky high, you know? And I actually think his floor is pretty high too. I think even if he doesn't like become a super stud, I still think he'll be a valuable, you know, move piece, so to speak, on the defense. You know, a guy that'll consistently get anywhere from, I don't know, six to eight sacks a year. Like I, I, if that's, I think that's his floor. And that's you know, that's a pretty good floor. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think the more people learn about him and, and study up on him, the more excited everybody's going to be. And you know, it's a premium position. It is a premium position, right? Quarterback, left tackle. I, I say I don't say left end. I say left quarterback, left tackle, impact pass rusher, corner. Right? Those are the main four positions. You need to have elite players at. So, I get it, you know? The last time Goot was this high, he took Gary, right? I mean, you saw how that worked out. So, I get it. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, you know? The, the, the offense will be the name of the game tomorrow. Absolutely. Our next one comes from Luke Peters at Puke Leaders. <laughs> nice. Now, I like the way you flipped that, Luke. That's nice. Um, he writes, he has some fantastic scores and measurables. But do the Packers know he's a first-round defensive player, not from Georgia? Yeah. Goop broke, he did break tradition on that, didn't he? He did not take a defensive play. He did not take Nolan Smith. Although I never, I never, you know what? I never thought they would take Nolan Smith just because he's he's not what they look for. His measurables, you know? His height and weight are not what the Packers look for. What is he? What was he? 6'3? I don't even know what is Nolan Smith. I can't even remember now. Whatever it is, he's much smaller than Van Ness, who is more traditionally what they look for. They like those big, hulking, monster edge guys. Um, but yeah, not from Georgia. So yeah, definitely a bit of an upset there. Is that your first time writing in, Luke? That was funny. Write in more. You should. That was cool, man. Uh, our next one, final, this is the final, yes, final Twitter one. Comes from Rich Streeter at Rich underscore Streeter. Nice to hear from you again, Rich. He writes, it was probably the smart move, 
But if we were going for smart moves, Broderick Jones might have been even more boring and smarter. On day two, I guess we were hoping Laporta drops. Yeah, Broderick Jones. It's funny you mention him because, you know, I, I talked about, I kind of talked about Van Ness and Jones together on the preview as, as both being, you know, younger guys, younger guys with a ton of potential, but are still raw and still need to be developed. So, yeah, you're right. They were kind of similar players to me, even though they're obviously on different sides of the ball. I viewed them kind of through the same lens. Um, the thing with Broderick Jones, now he does fit the Georgia bill. Not a defensive guy, but... The thing with Broderick Jones is, you know, I think I think they feel pretty... He's basically a left tackle only in the pros. And I think the Packers... You know, they've got Bakhtiari there for at least next year. Probably one more year of Bakhtiari. But they could re-sign Yash. I don't think they will. Talked about that on the preview, too. Um, but they could always re-sign Yash and have him be the guy. Zach Tom performed well there last year in spot duty. Um, so I think they feel pretty good about their future at left tackle. And Jones would have only is is left tackle only. So I think that's why they passed on him. That's my my guess, anyways. Um, so yeah, thank you for that, Rich. All right, let's go to the emails. I do have a couple of emails. I don't think I got anything on Facebook, did I? Not that I see. All right, let's go to the emails. All right, and the emails are from the Kyles. Both Kyles have have sent me an email tonight. How cool is that? First one comes from Kyle, who used to have Twitter, got rid of it, got it again, and got rid of it again. He emailed me. The email's titled, Death, Taxes, and Going to Commercial with Green Bay on the Clock. Which, as I again mentioned on the preview, I've ta- I talk about it on Twitter, I think, every year. I think I talk about it on the preview show every year, too. That w- whenever the Packers go on the clock, ESPN immediately goes to commercial. It wasn't immediately tonight on ESPN. I think it was about 90 seconds in they went to commercial. If I remember correctly. So he t- he titles his email that. And then he just sent me a screenshot of his TV. He sent me a picture of his TV. And it's got the Packers on the clock. And it's NFL Network. And they are indeed on commercial. So both NFL, both ESPN and NFL Network went to commercial with the Packers on the clock. They do it every year. I think they know. That's kind of my working theory. I think they know it's like that Packer fans have picked up on it. So they're like, well, let's just do it. Like a running gag. You know what I mean? Like they're in on the joke. That's my theory. So thank you for that, Kyle. That was hysterical. I laughed so hard when I saw your email title and that picture, dude. That was great. And then our final one comes from the other Kyle, Kyle Terpenning, who refuses to get Twitter. He writes, I have to send something now, even though the first round isn't over. Too tired to keep going. Um... Da, 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 da. Sad thing is, I can't... Uh, let's see. Um, da, 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 da. So many people have said it best. Yeah, LVN isn't a bad pick, but with us all hoping to build the offense around love, we were all kind of let down by the Packers taking another defensive player over a wide receiver or tight end. A defensive player now just makes us all feel kind of meh. I mean, I liked what I heard about the kids, so I don't know where this is. I don't know where this letdown is coming from. Maybe it's the fact that Joe Barry is still defensive coordinator and may not utilize him correctly. Still, if he polished up, he and Gary could be a monster for offenses to deal with. Looking forward to day two, but please, Goot, 
trade the third round pick and get an extra fourth or something. We all know his curse with that round. Go Paco. Okay. Yeah, the third round curse. Let's talk because I don't. I did not talk about that in the preview. I've talked about it quite a bit on Twitter. I don't know if I ever have on the show. Maybe a little bit. Around the time, it does feel like they're cursed in the third round. I think their last decent third round pick is like Morgan Burnett. <laughs> there may be one or two others in there, but it feels like Morgan Burnett, which was, I mean, it was 13 years ago. They're cursed. Something is weird. Something, something fucking funky is going on in the third round. I don't know what it is, but um, I don't know if he's going to trade the pick. You know, I, I do think they'll probably keep it. Just roll the dice that maybe they get lucky this year. But you're right. There is something weird going on with that third round pick. I, I actually thought if they were going to trade up tonight, I thought that's what they would use. Because on the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart, which is the one I always go off of, if they traded that third round pick along with 13, they could get all the way up to nine. So I was like, maybe that'll be the move. Because then he would still have two day two picks, right? He'd still have the two second rounders. And he would avoid the third round curse. But um, something tells me Brian Gutekunst doesn't see it like we do. <laughs> Although maybe he should. So yeah. Um, the third round curse. And what else did you have, What else did you say in here? Um, yeah, I, again, I, I get the frustration. I do. You know, because we all want them, you know. We all wait so long for the draft. And we and we know what the immediate need is this year. It's to get playmakers for Jordan Love. Um, so when they don't do that right away, and, you know, I think the frustration sets in. But remember, we got a lot of weekend left. To paraphrase Aaron Nagler, a lot of weekend left here. <laughs> There's a lot of draft left. So I do think I do think that's gonna be the focus tomorrow. I think everybody who is disappointed tonight. I think in 24 hours, 24 hours from now, I think we're all going to be much happier with the state of the offense. That is just my theory. Um, maybe I'm being overly optimistic. I don't know. Maybe they'll just take like a, they'll take an offensive lineman and like a corner tomorrow. <laughs> they'll take an offensive lineman, a corner, and a safety, and we'll all just be sitting here tomorrow night <laughs> just furious. That could be too. Who knows? But I don't think that'll be the case. I'm going to be optimistic. So yeah, um, I get it, but I, I, this kid is going to be special. I, I think that I, I really I think that that's that's in play here. And if he is, I mean, with he and Gary, and it works, you know, and it works contractually too, because Gary's gonna be getting as long as he comes back fine from the knee injury, which again I think he will, he's gonna get a monster contract extension, one of these like you know five year one hundred and twenty five million dollar type deals. Oh yeah. So, paying him a lot of money, you can't really pay two, but the Packers won't need to because they'll still have Van Ness on his rookie contract. So, it works out, you know, cap-wise, too. A lot to like about this pick. I think people are going to really come around on this the more and more they learn about Van Ness again. So, yeah, thank you for that, Kyle. Thank you to both Kyles. Kyle Kyle to Kyle connection on the show tonight. For the first time in a minute, you love it. Okay, so the mailbag is closed for tonight now. Looking ahead to tomorrow, day two, my favorite day of the draft. Oh, oh, I loved it. I took the day off. I did. Yeah, I want to be fresh for when day two starts. I love it. You know, to me, it's the most important day of the draft, I think, just because, you know, anybody can hit on a first round pick. Day one is probably the easiest day. 
And then day three is, you know, you start getting into, especially when you get into like, you know, rounds five, six, seven, it's needle in a haystack territory right there. You know, diamond in the rough territory. So day two is really, I think, the the, the truest test of a GM's medal, you know. It's, it's really, really important that you do well on that day, I think. Whoop, burp, gotta keep it real. It is late. Um, And after going defense on Thursday, right, night one, offense must be the name of the game on day two for the Packers. It simply has to be. They'll have three picks tomorrow. I guess it'll be today when you're listening to this. Um, Two seconds and a third. Of course, the second two coming in the Aaron Rodgers trade. They must, to me, they must find at least one tight end and one wide receiver here. Must. And fortunately for them, I really love how the board is looking for the Packers on that front. Other than Dalton Kincaid from Utah, who was taken late in round one by the Bills. That was a great pick for Buffalo, by the way. All the tight ends are available. Michael Mayer is there. Darnell Washington is there. Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, they are all still on the board. Quite a few good wide receivers are still left as well. The Tennessee guys, Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman are there. Like them both. Rasheed Rice from SMU, he's there. Josh Downs from UNC. Marvin Mims, Oklahoma. A.T. Perry, Wake Forest. Trey Palmer from Nebraska. They're all on the board. All on the board. And I'd be more than fine with any of these tight ends and wide receivers ending up in Green Bay. I really would. Um, now they, they may, you know, that may not be all they do. It could see them go after a defensive lineman like Keanu Benton from Wisconsin or maybe, uh, Siaki Ika from Baylor too. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> if they take him, I promise I will learn how to get that. I'll learn how to pronounce it, that name. I'll learn how to pronounce that name right. There we go. Um, maybe a corner, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, Cam Smith from South Carolina, Tyreek Stevenson from the U. Maybe a safety like Alabama's Brian Branch. My thoughts on this safety class are well known. But if Branch is there in round two, maybe you take him just because of the value there. Maybe. But yeah, offense. That needs to be the focus. They must start assembling some more pieces around Jordan Love. And I do think they'll keep all three picks too. I don't foresee them doing a lot of moving around. Other than maybe using, say, like their fourth rounder to move up early in round two if there's someone they really, really like or something like that. Otherwise, I kind of feel like he's going to stand pat. Yeah, my thinking on that's kind of changed now from where I was a couple days ago. So yeah, that just about wraps up this episode of the show. Hope you all had as much fun listening as I did going late into the night recording it. It is late as shit, but it's always a blast. As for when you'll hear from me next, I'll be back, well, in just about 24 hours. I'll be recap. I'll be recapping Green Bay's Day 2 picks. So that'll be recorded Friday night, and then you'll hear it Saturday morning. So keep your eyes and your ears open for that one, and yes, I'll keep you posted. So until next time, whenever that may be, I am Chris Lempesis. This has been Lemp's Talking Pack. Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. I love you, I love you, I love you. Please stay safe out there in this crazy world, and remember, always and forever, Go Pack Go!